0: Well, to begin with this morning, if I can ask you all to turn to um, Matthew's Gospel, Matthew's Gospel, chapter 21, Matthew's Gospel, Matthew's Gospel, chapter 21, okay, what? <laughs> if, everybody, if everybody could turn to Matthew's Gospel, <laughs> okay, if everybody could turn to Matthew's Gospel, if I could have my first slide up this morning. What we're going to talk about today is a subject that's very, very dear to me, a subject that I think is incredibly important, and that's hearing. Hearing from God, it is an incredibly frustrating thing for people. Probably one of the most common complaints, agonies, pains, and sufferings that you get with Christians is that they don't know what to do, they don't know what direction God is leading their life in, And it leads to trauma, leads to arguments, leads to all manner of confusions and difficulties. That's a shame. Because scripture, Jesus clearly says, My sheep, hear my voice. Don't answer out loud. Do you? Are you someone who, are you one of his sheep for a start? You need to be following Jesus to be a sheep. You may be a Christian, okay? But it's the following aspect that God is getting at there. My sheep, those who stay close to me, those who cling to the shepherd, do hear his voice. And it's, as I say, I'm fed up. I'm annoyed with so many hundreds and hundreds of Christians whose lives are less good than they should be. And not just Our lives in the church, not just as Christians, but every aspect of your life, be that your career. And it's no good just getting a good idea and and, and following that, but you need to get God's direction for your home. Amen. Amen. God's direction for your family. God's direction for the country that you live in. God's direction for all of these things. So to say that hearing from God is fundamental or central is an absolute understatement. Second slide, please. I've come up with with this short list, but comprehensive in some ways list. If you get this wrong, if you quit hearing from God, or you don't make the sacrifices in order to hear from God, there are three biggies that ensue. Confusion, in that the husband says one thing, the wife says another, the pastor says one thing, the member says another. Delays, if you remember Abraham got delayed for five years of wasted time in his life. Five years of treading water where actually nothing happened. And the reason for that was not so much that he didn't hear, but he didn't obey. Okay? And these three, I mean, you analyze your own spiritual growth. Analyze your own spiritual life. And if there be any confusion, any perceived delays, okay? Or if you feel that there's nothing happening, then surely, folks, it is time to seek God until you hear. Not just to seek God. It's, it's incredibly important to seek God until you have heard from him. Amen? Amen. Remember the, the, asking, the door, asking you shall receive, knocking the door will open and all of that. You remember it's a sophisticated verse because in the Greek it is the continual present tense. And it means that, that the people who, who, who find are the ones that seek without stopping. And so it is with hearing. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 21 and verse 23. Very good insight here into why some people don't hear. Jesus entered the temple courts. And while he was teaching, the chief priests priests, and the elders of the people came to him. By what authority are you doing these things, they asked. And who gave you this authority? Jesus replied, I will also ask you one question. If you answer me... I I, I will tell you by what authority I am doing these things. Now, I just want to stop right there. Here's a group of people seeking God for a word. And they haven't got a word. And Jesus tells them why. He says, okay, I will talk to you if you obey the previous word. John already spoke to you. You had a word, you disregarded it, you disobeyed it, and now you're seeking me for another one. And he sort of says, you know, no deal. And for many, many people, they get stuck at some point where God did speak to them. They did seek him, they did hear, but they did not, like Abraham with his delay, they did not obey. And if your hearing stops, and this is something, uh, as Jeanette will tell you, this is something I've been absolutely ruthless About, uh, you know, over the years. If we can't hear, I don't think we can function. I certainly can't. If I'm not hearing on a consistent, regular basis, then there's something wrong with me. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. Fundamentally. Don't accept that, folks. Don't accept it. I think in Matthew chapter 15, look at this one. Matthew chapter 15, verse 23. Many reasons why people don't hear. In that first scripture there, you see that it was disobedience to a previous word. In Matthew chapter 15 and verse 23, this is a different reason. If you remember, the, 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 I'll start from verse 21. Then Jesus went thence. And oh, this is the King James Version. Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coasts of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. And what does it say in the next verse? But he answered her not a word. So here she is and she's not hearing. This is not because of rebellion. This is rather a test. And not all the time when you're not hearing, it's not always rebellion. It's not always because of sin that you have to discern. But in this case, God was raising her faith levels. He was bringing out that determination. And hey, she got a miracle. Amen? She got the miracle. She understood the circumstances and broke through. So I would advise you to be very still and very quiet if you're not hearing from God and make an assessment of the reasons why. Maybe fast and pray And be still before Him, and find that voice again. Over the years, I've had some very weird words, some strange words. Sometimes, the stranger they are, the more brilliant they become. Uh, When we were living in Liverpool, one of the strange one prayer time, God spoke to me and said, "There's going to be a postal strike." (laughs) I thought, that's fascinating, thank you Lord, wonderful, what am I supposed to do with that? going to be a postal strike, you know? You tell people that, they think you're a nutcase. Some of you think I'm a nutcase. (laughs) There's going to be a postal strike, right, fine. At that time, we were selling properties. We had a small business and we were selling about five properties at one time. And at that time, that business was very paper intensive. So there used to be bundles of paper flying around in the post. And I got that word about six months before our transactions started to take place. And I I needed to sell the houses, then move our funds into euros. And the euros at that time were up and down. Well, could I get my documents? And we were due to lose a lot of money. And it became a very stressful time. And I thank God for the word. Because whilst many Christians could have been struggling through that time thinking, Oh, God's against me. I understood through that time, God is very much for me. He warned me about this. I should be prepared for this. right? And I think I should have prayed more into it to get our you know, uh, documents some other way, couriers or whatever. But maybe we made a mistake on it. But crazy words, strange words can sometimes turn out to be very encouraging. I suppose you know the strangest one I ever had, grow your beard back. That's wacky, isn't it? I didn't tell anybody about that. That's, I was in Singapore, I'd shaved my beard off and walking down the street one day and God says, grow your beard back. I didn't know you cared. You know? Okay, so you tell no one. Tell no one, so grow my beard back. And in two weeks or so, the director of a play that was going on, a very big event, 10,000 people, said, we want you to play Jesus, and we need you to have a full beard. Wow, I tell you, everything within me would say no. I don't want it. It's a musical, for heaven's sake. I had to mine. Everything within me would have said no. Why did I say yes? Because I had the word. I had the word. And when he said that, I thought, I've got nowhere else to go. Now, occasions like that, strange as they may be, they give you great confidence. And if you look at some of the ways that miracles happened in Scripture, they can be very strange, right? Strange things like striking a rock with a stone or throwing a piece of timber on the wall, you know, strange things. And when you hear things like that, it is encouraging to obey them and then see the fruit of them. Amen. Amen. So don't lose your notes this morning. Keep them, take them home. And, and study them, implement them, and, and chase after them, if you like. Point number one, hearing from God, I would say, it sounds fundamental, but hearing from God is essential for ministry. And I, there are many ministers out there who don't hear from God, I know. But it, it has a history. I think it's helpful for us to know that in the past, the structure of speaking and hearing was altered because of the disobedience of people. Originally, God's desire was to speak one-to-one. So he wanted to speak to you, and still does, directly, one-to-one. And that's what happened. That's what happened with Abraham, you know, Isaac, Jacob. That's exactly what happened. But once it came to the kings in history, there was a time of great disobedience and rebellion against God. And God lost his his voice into society, okay? Okay. They stopped listening to God. They started pursuing their own ways and speaking to the people on their own behalf. And you'll see many scriptures about that. And that's why you have prophets. That's why prophets exist. So God, failing to get into the kingdom of Israel, to the nation of Israel, he raised up an outside voice and spoke through them. Now, A lot of people get very confused about this because the Old Testament prophets, you know, they don't exist anymore. That was a unique type of individual called nabi in the Hebrew. A New Testament prophet is a very different kettle of fish, a very different person. It's a person who's part of a team, a five-fold team. They're not the leader of that team. They should be subservient within that team, actually, to the apostle. Okay, And many people get confused over how prophets work today. And the whole nature of it. But that's, that's kind of a different story. I can hear from God. Okay? I can seek God. I know how to hear. Very practiced at it. And yet, I know many of you struggle greatly with that. And yet, if I give advice, many people reject the advice. Even though you don't hear. You understand? I, I think it's silly. I, one of the things that people hate me saying most of all is when you're seeking God or you're going into a quiet time, don't bring your Bible. (laughs) How dare you say don't bring your Bible? But remember, we've covered this before. For many of you, I think your Bible is one of your, you know, potentially one of your biggest problems. God is not a book. Amen? And as much, I'll come to it in a moment, but this was a problem I had with Jeanette because Jeanette used to come, she had a problem with her hearing. She used to come out of her times, sorry, I shouldn't laugh, but she would get like partial sentences. Like God said, it, it what? Where's the rest of it? <laughs> get back in there and come out with it. It doesn't make sense. But she used to get these like nonsensical bits. I used to say, listen, you need to go back in there. But eventually I discovered your problem partly was that Bible. She loves her Bible. Absolutely loves her Bible. And she would have that in that room. And eventually, I know your problem. God is not a book. Now, don't hear what I'm not saying. I have the highest of regard for Scripture. But I know where it belongs. And you remember the illustration I gave you? Like, if I'm coming home to my wife and I've been away, you know, I've been away all day and I come home and I say, Hi, and I've got the paper. Hi, how are you? You see, and when you go into the presence of God, anybody got a Bible? (laughs) If you go into the presence of God, folks, I'm sorry, but it is, it is tantamount. If you're listening, you know, hi God, how are you? And off, and especially women, they get distracted by the little things they've marked in the past, and all of a sudden they're off on a train, and they're not listening. They're actually thinking and doing many other disciplines. Thank you. They're doing many other disciplines, but not actually developing their hearing. We have a time for Bible study. Amen. Amen. And there is a time for bringing your Bible into listening. I do it every week. I do it as part of my preparation, etc. But trust me, folks, one of the reasons why some of you are still not hearing is, will be that. Some of you are getting distracted, and I think God would say to you, just keep your Bible, do your Bible study, and use it in your quiet time. But also, don't use it. Also, put it down. And also, learn as well as reading this word on the page. I want to be able to hear. I want to be able to feel and discern the word. I need to develop, as we'll see, many ways of hearing, not just one. Amen. So, be open don't be confined. There are many evangelicals out there who would shoot me for what I've just said, right? They would call you a heretic and all sorts. Well, I profoundly disagree, absolutely disagree. Not demeaning the word of God in any way. I'm just adding a different dynamic to your ability and you know, need to hear. Second point. Hearing from God is essential for my family, job, etc. Job chapter 33 Verse 14, I love this scripture. Some people say, God doesn't speak to me. Well, this scripture contradicts that flat out. For God does speak, now in one way, now in another, though no one perceives it. You understand? Things happen in your life and it is God speaking, whether it's circumstances or problems or stresses or strains or joys. God does speak. But people are not tuned in to what he is saying. Take a look at this list. It's not an exhaustive list, but it's a very good list. Of ways in which, channels through which, you and I can hear from God. Through leaders. And by the way, leaders, uh, (laughs) through people. Those who are above you, and those who are beneath you. Amen? Amen. Very good friend of mine, a pastor lost his way in ministry, not in ministry anymore, and I know why. The reason, I took him aside one day, and I said, Brother, you've got one big problem. You always listen to the people over you, and that is very good and very commendable. But I have seen too often that sometimes one of the members comes to bring you guidance, and you dismiss it, right? Need to be able to true exactly. You need to be able to hear from everybody. Amen. Amen. Don't get proud. God often uses strange channels to get to us. So we need to be able to hear through our leaders. We need to be able to hear through the worship like this morning. Was that good or what? Fantastic. Now, don't start me on timekeeping. Let me deal with timekeeping since it's the start of a new year. Let me say, guys, listen. If you don't come in t- on time for worship, you, do not, you really do not understand the whole gamut that's going on here. Okay? I, th- I think uh, Nisha's leadership in the last couple of months, a very good example of this. That's two goals in a row there, right? The previous, what was it? I can't remember which message that was. And the one before. I had two three point sermons and her introductory song, point one. Her transition song, point two, and her conclusion was point, I couldn't believe it. I, I was shocked at how integrated God, not me, not Nisha, how integrated God had constructed those Sundays. But see folks, and then, then what happens is when you come in and you're worshipping, God is preparing your heart, your spirit to receive the word Amen. and you'll leave having heard, Amen. But the people who come up at the end of the meeting, the people who who say, Pastor, why do I not hear from God? They're the latecomers. They're the people who are religious. And, And I have to say, please forgive me for saying this, but let me tell you the truth. If you are a father and a husband in this place, and you arrive here at 10 past 11 with your children, I struggle to respect you. I do respect you in Jesus' name, but I think that you're very poor at your role. I think you're very poor at your job. Very quiet at the moment. (laughs) I think you're very poor. And I'll tell you why, for a multitude of reasons. Number one, what sort of example is that to raise your kids with? Secondly, your wife has probably been looking after the kids all week. She needs to be sitting in here at a quarter to 11 without the pressure of the kids. Amen? Amen? And if you don't provide that, when the church has given everything to you and then put on like we had this morning, bringing down the presence of God and you haven't even got the common sense or respect of God. Don't start me on this. Do you hear me? <laughs> but it, it, you know, it, is, it is, to me, it's disgraceful. It's disrespectful, it's idiocy, it's stupidity to actually not understand at this stage of your Christian life why you should be here early in church. Am I lying? No. No. Telling the truth, right? You need to get here in time. Please don't tell me you don't understand my house. I don't want to go to your house, right? I'm sure you have problems. We've all got problems. You don't know what he's like. You don't know what she's like. She's always like She won't come out of the bathroom. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. Okay? We all have a story. We all have a home. We've all got problems. And I, I, I say, husbands, organize your houses and discipline your wife. I have mentioned this before. It's another thing people walk out on. Discipline your wife. So she's in the bathroom. And it's 5 to 11. And you live. 20 minutes away, half an hour away. How many weeks do you let that happen? Who's in charge anyway? I better get on with my message this morning. I'll get in trouble. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Why should that happen two weeks? That husband needs to sit down. I'm not saying to be aggressive or nasty. I'm saying to sit down and say, woman, wife, <laughs> Eve, Listen. You should, say, you should say to your wife, look, this is what we're going to do. If there's things that are slowing us up on Sunday morning, let's do them on Saturday night. Right? If you need to get clothes ready, if you need to do this, do it on Saturday night. And begin to approach Sunday with a different attitude in 2014. Can I hear one big amen from everybody? Amen. Praise the Lord. See you next Sunday at 10 to 11. Right? You can hear from God through prayer meetings. I love prayer meetings. And this is, I mean, we we, we could actually go back through the same list of of missing, you know, blinkers within us, folks. You need to get your family to the prayer meeting because it's not prayer in a normal sense. It's not my one-to-one prayer. I am responsible to pray with my family at home. I'm responsible to, to bring my family and to pray together, right, with the church and to get up here. And to get the petition together with God's people, that's what the church prayer meeting is for. But you can hear so many things in that time. Don't despise prophecy when someone comes to you with a word. Don't despise the Bible. I don't. I have the highest of regard for it. Sometimes circumstances, God will use circumstances. They they can be so clear that he is speaking through them, but... (laughs) Some people, no matter what happens in the circumstances, right, they still refuse to hear, don't they? You can hear from your spouse, amen, husbands. You can hear from your wife very often and vice versa. Hear from your kids and you can hear from the lost. It's another way, remember, who was it? Cyrus in Scripture spoke and God spoke through him. So don't, don't despise these things. However, one adage I would put on the end of all this lot No matter how many channels there are for God to speak to you, there's only one you. And if you are rebellious and you don't intend to obey, then it doesn't matter if the leader speaks to you, God speaks to you. You go to every prayer meeting, you read your Bible all day, you're still not going to obey. You know what I mean? So these are great channels and I love them. I enjoy them because it just gives a multiplicity of ways in which God can communicate with us and that's great. But be, be open. Be open. Don't box God in. Third point. Hearing from God, and this is a very important point. Hearing from God is essential for our personal character development. And I, I mean, we could take a whole week on this one. Who do you want to choose? You could choose anybody. Gideon. Gideon was a man who was faced with a huge challenge, right? How did God... Equip that man for the challenge. <laughs> he spoke to him. He spoke to him. He spoke to him. Simple as that. Okay? Faith comes by hearing. God spoke to Gideon. When Joshua, in Joshua chapter 1, was discouraged and afraid, and all those things, how did God change Joshua? Joshua. Simple as that. Didn't go to Bible college. Didn't have to do this. Didn't have to do that. He simply spoke to him just like he did with David. Just like he did with the Apostle Peter, with the Apostle Paul. Very simple technique. So you understand, pay attention now, you know, with all your heart, because this is a better point than maybe you realize. When you shut down the ears, you have to do a lot of work in other departments. When you're not hearing... People have to do, it's like lighting the fire. When people stop hearing, hearing is the easy way. Hearing is God's primary way. And hearing is the shortcut. It may not seem like that when you're fasting and you're seeking God, etc. But hearing is actually God's easy way. And that's why I say you should be very adamant not to lose it. You should be very adamant and, and, and ruthless to keep your hearing. Understanding that as long as, As that little voice is there, then I know that I will have a pilot in my life and there's great, great, great security. I mean, what more do we want? Take a look at this list. This is a list and a half. Scripture says that hearing from God will build you up, encourage you, change you, renew you, cleanse you, guide you, warn you, rebuke you, admonish you, protect you. Okay direct you fantastic absolutely fantastic but you must be open to it i could i tell you we could be on that list for a very long time but you people got to be open for it people got to receive it here you go this one i give you one example admonish you it's not a rebuke it's a correction admonishment Probably 17 or 18 years ago, I was in a pastor's meeting with about 30 pastors, many of whom I actually didn't know. And the leader got up and said, in a moment, I'm going to ask you to choose someone in the room to pray for. Okay. Well, as soon as he said that, I just chose this pastor I didn't know, and I thought, he's mine. I saw him first. I'm going to pray for him. And when he said, go, I got out of my seat and ran over to this guy, and I said, I really felt... Called, you're, you're the person i got to pray for. I don't know who you are. Tell me your story. He said, my name is, and I am a prosperity preacher. And these guys don't like me. <laughs> I said, tell me your story. And he started telling me his story. We're going to build a mega church, And that's what I'm going to do in this city. And he started talking to me about money, money, <laughs> money. <laughs> and after a while, I said, you know what, Brother. I just don't feel good about your focus on money. It's not all about money, money, money. And could I just admonish you that, do you ever think that perhaps all your brothers are right? Do you ever think that perhaps the correction that you're getting and these multiple words that are coming from all these sources, maybe it's you that's wrong? Did you think about that? And I want to say, I don't feel comfortable with your focus on finance. Love the Lord and he will look after Don't worry about that. I'm easy with prosperity, just not focusing on it. That's all. He didn't really receive my word. Well, I was shocked. Last month when I was in Singapore, there he is. Front page news. He's on RTE. Embezzlement for something like 2 million euros. The church has been, they've seized the building. I remembered, I remembered that. All those years ago. That was a long time ago, nearly 20 years ago that I gave him that word. And I guarantee you that many other people would have been and spoken to him as well. But there's only one him. And it doesn't matter how many people go back. It doesn't matter how many people. If you're still rebellious and reluctant to listen, that's a big issue. You're going to have to confront yourself. Amen. Amen. So... Be encouraged by these, but also be open to these. Years ago, when I first began to study hearing, because I like it, I like it as a theme, I like it as a life principle, put it like that. I was fascinated by, because Sunday after Sunday, people would come up to me and they would say, Oh, Pastor, I got a word from the Lord today. I got a word from the Lord. Thank you for that word, you know. And that's sort of encouraging. Sort of. <laughs> Half. Um, and I'll tell you why. Because after a few years of having people coming up to you and saying, Pastor, thank you for that. You get emails. You get text messages. Thank you for, this, thank you for that. But the people don't grow. And I'm confused. I, think, I I'm, Lord, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy that they definitely heard from you. I know they did. They know they did. So I'm happy about that. But there's still something not right. And I don't know what it is. And eventually, you know, figure out what it is. This is what it is a potato this is a potato and this is smash you know what smash is you just add hot water (laughs) and you get one of these in theory okay. this is the full product this is a natural product containing all the original ingredients and this is processed food so what what you receive here on Sunday from me is which one? Sorry, uh, it's this one. It's second hand. Now, to me, it's this, because I got it. I got the word. And then I process the word, and I bring it to you. Now, it just suddenly struck me one day. I was living in Cardiff at the time, and I was so fascinated by it that I rang the local hospital, and I asked to speak to a dietitian, and they put me through. And I said to this lady, I just have a simple question. If I had a potato and I had processed potato, what value, what nutritional value is lost between that and that? And she said, it's impossible to give you an accurate, you know, cross the board answer. But she said you could estimate between 45 and 85% is lost. I was shocked. I said, What? Yeah, but 45 to 85% of the value in the potato is lost in the processing. So, the members, when the members get a word, they're getting 15% of the power of the word because they get it secondhand. Now, at some point, all examples break down. You don't have to take it literally, but you do get the point, right? Point is this, folks, if I took away half your diet, what would you look like in six months? Some of you would say, Hallelujah. <laughs> if I took away half your diet, what would you look like in six months? Yeah? Well, that's what you look like spiritually. That's what you look like spiritually because the only words that many people get are the ones from the pulpit. Amen. That's terrible. That's terrible, amen? That's not relationship. That's not a first-hand relationship with God. That's not right. That is fundamentally wrong, particularly in a New Testament setting where God speaks to you. That is fundamentally wrong. Something is broken in the system. Something that we should be, as I say, ruthless to fix. So you begin to uncover some of the reasons why people don't grow. Or they don't get nourished. And one of them, not the only one, one of them is because they are not themselves ruthless enough, sacrificial enough to seek God until they hear and then keep it. Then keep that ear open. Keep hearing and keep hearing. And that will be the source of all these things here into your life. And then you kick in to spiritual growth. So don't be satisfied. With Sunday. Praise God for Sunday. We love to be together and everything else. But the relationship has to be personal and it has to be one to one. Point four don't put cultural preconceptions on your hearing. In fact, if you look at 1 Kings, 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 11, famous scripture, right? We all know this one, huh? Where God speaks to Elijah. But Elijah has a lot of preconceptions about the way in which a prophet will operate or the way in which God will speak. The Lord said, go and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle voice. And that's where God was. Not a huge problem within this particular church. A few of you maybe have hang-ups with preconceptions about how God speaks. Thank you, Ian. There, there are, we, we, we could look at different departments in the church. I'll give you an example apart from hearing from God. Praying. Like praying on Friday night. Some people come and they feel they have to shout. Because if it's good prayer, it's loud, you know? No, not true. You don't have to shout. Now, if you are carried in the Spirit to shout, shout all you like. No problem. Scripture says that Jesus shouted. It says he offers up prayers, right, in Hebrews, with loud shouts and cries. Other people, preconceptions. These are cultural preconceptions in prayer. And it's a good parody there with hearing. Because we can hear in a multitude of ways as well. Elijah had a problem as a prophet. He thought it had to be spectacular. It had to be something brilliant. So let me just stop you right there. Let me just pause you for a moment. And I want you to think of someone that you don't have a lot of respect for. Oh, they're okay. But you just maybe don't think a lot of them. And at the end of this meeting, that person comes over to you and says, Hey, God spoke to me about you today and told me... Oh, no, no. Thanks very much. Thank you. Bye. Looking for the thunder, looking for the spectacular. And believe me, God loves to defeat those things. Amen? Amen? He loves to puncture our pride. He loves to surprise us. He loves to humble us if necessary, hopefully with mercy. But you need to be willing... To hear in a multitude of ways. Some cultures are worse than at this than others, you know. Many of the African churches, if it's only African, you know how loud that can get, right? Some of the Indian churches, very loud, incredibly loud. In fact, they're louder than the Africans. Pastor Babu, goodness me. I said to him, it's like a sound weapon. I stand, I have to sit on the front, and the volume, thinking this is insane, and I said, Why do you have it so loud? He said, Well, you see, they think if it's not loud, it's not going Well, teach them then. Teach them. Remember, where were we in King's Church down? Was that King's down in um, Prestwick. We did a conference there one year. Same thing. It was so loud, you couldn't think. And this one guy came up and he was nearly deaf. He came up to me. Yeah, he did. This is exactly what he said. He came up to me and he said, I've been here 30 years. And I thought, Yeah, I'm not surprised. It's not about the volume, right? Shout if you want to shout. And goodness knows, I can shout. I don't mind shouting. It's no problem to me. But I don't have to shout. I don't have to shout. You don't have to be quiet, right? But you should be able to experience all of these things, all of these ways. Last point, fifth point. This is a stumbling point for many. You know, the the ways in which we hear. Because there are many of them. Could I have my last slide there, please? Seeing is my principal way of of, of hearing. I know that might sound funny, but it is. I hear from God most often by seeing. And I encourage you, I have had countless visions. One of you once came up to me and said they'd never had a vision. That made me so sad. You're young men. Shall dream dreams. Your old men, that's me, will see visions. You will see things. It's part of your, what God has given you. And if it's missing, you should seek it. But you know, just per, speaking personally, the principal way in which I hear is by seeing. I have a problem and I will see the solution. I'll close my eyes and I'll just get a picture that's worth a thousand words. Something that surmises it and gives me an explanation of it. Voices can be audible. I have maybe once in my life I heard an audible voice and that was at the very beginning when I got saved in my calling. But I don't even know if that was audible. It was just a different word. A very powerful word that came from a a far away place. Great. We hear from God through our gut feeling. That's a very important one. Sometimes you don't need to have a reason. You just get, you know, a gut feeling, right? Deep within you, you know that this is what I should do. This is the right thing. Okay? Hear from God with perceptions, with impressions. We just come back from Eastern Europe, and the Russians, the Eastern Europeans, are very strong on end times, very strong on Israel. And they know, I, I don't know anywhere near as much as those churches do. They love that whole thing. They study it all the time. And I, we were actually preaching in Romania last week on end times, and I always have to be very reserved in how I approach that because they have a very high knowledge level in that. But see, I was just getting ready early in the morning like we do. I got up middle of the night. We were in our room and I was just praying over the message, which was a bog standard message. But that's what God gave me. And I'm sitting there thinking, this is pretty simple for these guys, but never mind. And as I was preparing it, I got such a profound impression of this one point it was great this was the point i felt that god impress upon me when israel were in babylon the messiah couldn't come remember yeah i remember when they were taken off into captivity jesus christ could not return because they have to be in the land for jesus to come the first time and then when they got back got the land back what happened you came, Lord. That's right. And then they were dispossessed in AD 70. And for 2,000 years, it is categoric that Jesus can't come back. He can't. It is not going to happen all the way from AD 70 all the way up to 1948. And then when Israel get their land back, now he can return. All of you know that. All of them know it so well. But listen, folks, listen, because I got that impression, I went back into that same group of people and I made that point. Well, talk about you could hear a pin drop because there's knowledge and then there's revelation, right? The revelation of that point that they academically knew. Just fell into the room. Changed the whole atmosphere and motivation. And all of a sudden, the ears were open. The antenna were up. And people were ready to make life changes. Not just be happy with academic ascent. That they know something of scripture. Or they know something of prophecy. Are you with me? Amen. Wonderful thing. Wasn't an audible voice. Wasn't a gut feeling. It was just an impression, if you like. So these are, there are many ways... That God will speak to you, can speak to you. And all I ask you to do is to be as open as possible to all of them. Scripture says, my sheep, hear my voice. Let me close with this. I was very busy and I was very tired I was in Ireland, and I had to preach. I think it was a Wednesday night I was getting home, and I had to preach on Thursday night, and I had no message. So I got home, and this is, this is exactly what happened, folks. I got into, I was living in an apartment, got into my apartment, and I thought, God, put my keys down. Lord, I need a word for tomorrow night. I sat down in the seat, and I saw something. Immediately, just like that. I saw the lips... Lips of Jesus. Uh, I seek in a word. And immediately I saw it. I understood it. It came with the interpretation, if you like. And as soon as I saw his mouth, his lips, like the Holy Ghost spoke to me and said, my sheep should be within earshot of me. And if they can't hear me, where are they? That was it. Nice and simple. Nice and succinct. Do they have to get someone else? who is near? To bring them back a word, is it? Is that how they're going to live at a distance? Everything secondhand? My sheep hear my voice because they're near. They're close. Hey, it's the beginning of a fantastic new year. We don't know how many of them we've got left. So I don't think of a better time for you to develop a holy ruthlessness. Okay? I'll leave it to you to be wise in how you do that. But I, as I say, I will stop at nothing if I stop here. I will stop at nothing. Nothing, nothing. I will stop at nothing until I've got that back. Because if you lose that, what's the point? It's not personal anymore. May as well go and work out in the world for a company. I'm not in connection with Jesus anymore. And it's not one-to-one. Scripture says that Jesus called his disciples first to be... Sad, isn't it? Matthew's Gospel says that Jesus called his disciples first to be with him. With him, near him, where they could hear him. Why don't we just bow our heads? We talked about the thunder and the lightning. And God, we just make a moment this morning for the still, small voice of God. And with the utmost of respect, God, we close our Bibles just for one moment and we open our spirit. The spirit within us, the living spirit of God, lives in me. The spirit of God, forgive us, God, for clouding you out and drowning you out. Help us find you. Right now, come Holy Ghost.